this is Barthi and Haiti. We're your boozy brunch girlfriends and welcome to our podcast where we'll drink and discuss all the fun and random things that we're thinking about and experiencing in our lives. Our goal is to provoke new ideas, thoughts, and inspire you to have similar conversations with your girlfriends. Hey, Haiti. Oh, hey, Barthi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fabulous. Fabulous. I love yeah. that. Fabulous. I mean, it's it's the weekend of Thanksgiving. Can it still be considered the weekend of Thanksgiving? Sure. Why not? I mean, like, Back listen. <laughs> yeah, like, listen, we're drinking. It, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that, like, once Thanksgiving um, occurs, we go it's right like, into, like, the holidays. Yes. Like, <laughs> That's it. All of it is holidays, right? Yes. Like, every single day from Thanksgiving on, like, from the day before. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's oh. the other thing. <laughs> it doesn't start on the Thursday. It starts no, actually on the Wednesday. Before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so how was your Thanksgiving? It was really good. It was yeah. really good. I mean, we didn't do anything elaborate, you know, small. Right, we there's a pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a handful of us. I mean, I have a big family, like immediate people, siblings. Uh, same. So, you know, I mean, you know this. A handful of us is, you know, a lot. <laughs> so, right. right. Don't tell Governor Cuomo. <laughs> Shame on you. Oh, no. no, but it's all you know, it's people that I've been seeing the whole time. So yeah, you know, yeah, not anybody outside of that circle. Yeah, I totally. I I'm in the same boat as you, as you know, um, but our listeners don't know. Um, we both come from pretty big families, so yeah, you know, just our immediate family is ten plus people, people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so you know we uh, meet the you know the guided recommendations <laughs> mm-hmm. oh so i want to tell our listeners today yes margarita fun margaritas so i um yeah i I've, i love margaritas so i'm really excited that we're having margaritas um do you want to share with people like how you made your margarita today? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I made it up. Because... <laughs> so when we talked about margaritas for this week, um, I was like, okay, yes, margaritas. So, cause I really love margaritas. Um, but I've never made one from scratch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you sent me a recipe. I did. <laughs> I glanced over it. <laughs> I was like, okay, these are the things that go into it. I'm good. So, <laughs> today, right, right before we got together to chat, I was like, all right, I got to make myself a margarita. Okay, what goes into it? Some limes, some triple sec, some tequila. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, I'm forgetting something. I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, there's got to be a sweetener in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of started making it backwards because I filled my glass with ice. And then I squeezed the lime in there and I was like, oh, sweetener. Yeah. If I put sugar in there, that's not really going to work. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'll throw in some maple syrup. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that's fine. I a splash of maple syrup. And then I did, I initially did one shot of triple sec and one shot of tequila, but my glass wasn't all the way full. So I was <laughs> so like, you just like, I'll do another half. Added a half. little bit yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love how you just keep adding till it fills up. <laughs> I love that. Well, I I chose to um, have my have my margarita in a very special margarita glass that a friend of mine gave to me many many years ago. <laughs> um, and I also did triple sec and tequila, but I mixed it with um, some just lemonade I just not even like I can't even call it lemonade it was like homemade lemonade it was like mostly lime with a little splash of water and some sugar and I just like (laughs) made something out of it I was making a faking my own um margarita mix I guess I don't know so that's all that goes into it right I know I don't think it's like agave instead of sugar um 
yeah exactly so i I was kind of close i did yeah yeah exactly it's a yeah i think it's perfectly fine i also don't really prefer a margarita that's too sweet so i like to like minimize like the sugarness sugariness of it Mm -hmm. so i was really glad that i didn't uh, you know use like a mix instead i just like actually made it with lime and stuff um i was really happy with my results the only thing okay so I finished my margarita and then I looked at the glass and I was like, oh, I forgot to put stuff around the rim. <laughs> so, so you made another margarita. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. So I considered moving it into a different glass. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just switch it to another glass. But I really like the mason jar. <laughs> so I was like, mm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour a bunch of salt and tahini. Yes. So salt and tahini to, to um, line the rim. I kind of, you know, squeeze my lime around the rim of the glass, and then I put the glass on top of the plate where I. Sp- oh, so you didn't like get make a mess and, in the kitchen? Yes. 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 Spark yes. <laughs> up. Yeah. I just kind of grabbed a bunch in my fingers, like I pinched a whole bunch, and then I kind of stuck it in there, and some of it fell into the glass, and I was like, ah, whatever, I don't care, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So I also did tahini and um, salt, but what I did was the sugar that I didn't use for the little mixture that I made, I just sprinkled that into it. And then I um, I also drank a portion of it and then I was refilling my glass. So instead of trying to figure out a way to put it on my rim, um, like you did, Haiti, <laughs> I just put the tahini and salt and a little bit of sugar into the glass. So now I have it floating on top of my margarita. Listen, it all goes in the same place. So it really does not matter. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, actually, something that I like to do when I drink margaritas is before I take a sip, I actually lick the rim. This rim, yeah. So that I can get the flavor yes. of the stuff around the rim yes. while I take a sip. Yes, yes. I, yeah. Um, and you know, I'm actually really glad that we're having a a margarita today because we're really talking about something like that affects almost everybody, I I would imagine. Um, and that requires several margaritas? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're actually going to be talking about relationships and specifically, um, the relationships that we have with our family of origin. And, you know, as we just shared with you, we both come from pretty large families where our family of origin is pretty massive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're dealing with a lot of, like, we're having to navigate the ins and outs of large family stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, do you want to start maybe just uh, sharing a little bit about your family in general? Like, just, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm one of three and I'm, you know, my siblings are, you know, married and they have kids and I'm the single one. And, you know, there <laughs> like there's pressure that comes with being with the, the single one in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that pressure is like when you're getting married. <laughs> and some of the pressure is like... Because you're single, you don't have like you have to take care of everything. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. So familial pressure is like not something new to me. It's been something that I've dealt with for a really long time in my life. <laughs> so I I hear you on the being the single one thing because mm-hmm. I remember. I mean, I've been married five years now, but. I remember, you know, that period of time when I was the single one mm-hmm. where there was this expectation that, you know, because you were the single one who was at home, mm-hmm. like, all these things were, you were expected to do all these things. Like, just because, well, what else do you have? Like, what yes. else do you have going on? Yeah, like, <laughs> like- it's actually kind of funny. Like, what else do you have going on? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying not to be single because you keep pressuring me to be married. <laughs> like, but I don't even have the time to do that. Because I'm doing these things. Yes. No. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, it's like I go back and forth with this, and I'm sure you do too, Haiti. It's like, 
um, it's not easy being our parents. You know, they came here, learned a new language, lived a whole new life in a country that they didn't know really much about. And like, so for them, the pressures, it's rough on them because there's just like pressure and they don't, they may not know how to navigate some of that. So like, we're kind of like their eyes and ears to what this culture is like and we can help them navigate like I I remember I mean being the oldest of four I remember Mm. kind of being the voice for my parents even on things like back to school nights yes I would have to go to back to school nights so that I could communicate with my siblings teachers right you know because my parents, even though they spoke English, they didn't feel confident about their skill level and they didn't feel confident about their ability to understand what was being said to them. Um, And, you know, they, they really wanted to do what was best for us. They didn't want to, you know, quote unquote, F things up. Right. So their best bet was to bring their oldest kid along so that I could kind of act as the intermediary between them and the teachers. Right. And then it puts you in an awkward position with your siblings. Yes. It's like, um, I remember your sister and I were actually talking about this. Like you, you're pressured to like help out with the younger sibling. And then you create this weird relationship with the younger sibling where you're kind of like a parent, but you're a sibling. Yes. And then, and then the younger sibling is like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) You're not my mom. Are you my sister or are you my mom? (laughs) Yeah, it's very, very confusing for them. And I totally get that. Like, I I totally understand that. So it's just like, it's a very complex dynamic, especially when you're, you know, especially when we're talking about first generation um, kids. Yes. Yep. I, and I feel like that what you were just talking about, the whole like confusion between the role of sibling or parent is really highlighted, especially when there's a big gap in age. So my sister, who's immediately after me and I are not that far apart. We're like right. three, three and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. But then between her and our other sister, the third sister, um, there's five years between the two of them. And then there's eight and a half years between me and our youngest sister. And then my youngest brother, or, yeah. you know, my youngest sibling, my brother, he's the only boy. Um, he and I are 12 years apart. Yeah. So yeah. when he was born, I was halfway to adulthood. Yeah. So it's... That whole, you know, like sibling parent, you know, who are you <laughs> kind of confusion gets even bigger like I remember being the person who dropped him off at daycare every yes. single day on my way to high school yeah yeah it, it, it really does become a really weird dynamic um I have you know my sis so fun fact for anyone that doesn't know <laughs> uh Haiti and I and our sisters are around the same like we all have the same age gaps um except for my sister is a little bit younger than your youngest sister um but i i have someone else in my life um who the the two siblings are like 15 years apart and same thing he you know he took um his sibling to and from daycare people thought that he was just a young dad like you know whoops (laughs) kind of situation (laughs) that is so not the case you know and and it it really does play out in such in in so many different ways and then there's like and then you feel this um pressure to do the right thing and like help your parents out but then you're also like wanting to be a kid and like you know just I feel like let in loose. Instances you don't like you don't even have the choice. Mm-hmm. Like it's unspoken, but you don't mm-hmm. really have the option. Yeah, to be a kid, or you know, to screw things up because yes. you know your your younger siblings are looking up to you. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's all eyes on you, right? Because you're like the first generation too. Yep. So um, there's there's that piece of it. Yes. <laughs> Um, so many, so many firsts. Like I, I was the first on my dad's side of the family 
to graduate college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, the oldest of four Mm -hmm. and pretty much first, first generation on my family born here in the States. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of firsts, a lot of pressure. Yes. I actually think that sometimes, and this is a conversation for a different podcast, but I actually think this is why you and I, we were so like granny-ish in our youth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, like, oh partying God. a little older. We really have to talk about how we were in our 20s because we were old ladies. Yeah. I, I actually also think that, like, I, I I started to... It was funny. It's just, like, I started to party in my teens, and then I became, like, very, like, responsible. And then, um, and then, and then you know, my late 20s, I kind of, like, just, like let loose and just start partying again and and it, it's it's really interesting it makes sense that that's that's how it worked out um and I think that it's very similar that is I was just gonna say that is super interesting because that is pretty much how things unfolded for me like yeah because when you're younger teenager, I I was you know pretty straight and narrow like you know, I did the occasional like class cutting or yeah, the teenager thing. A, yeah, like hanging yeah. out with a group of friends instead of going to class, that kind of thing. But I, I did it on occasion. Like it wasn't yeah. my regular thing. My regular thing was going to class and getting A's. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and it wasn't because I was under the threat of like you know my parents were gonna beat me or anything like that. Because you know, not since I was very very young, like you know, I didn't get spanked or anything since you know, maybe at a very young age, but not even like enough to remember. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think that like, I I would even think that like you probably got A's because you knew how much pressure there was on you. Good. Yes. 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 I (laughs) I think that was, that was the bigger part of it. Yeah. Like so much pressure to be a certain way or to behave a certain way. For, you know, for a million reasons, because you're the oldest, because your siblings are looking up to you, because mm-hmm. your parents came to this country so that mm-hmm. you could have a better future. And how dare you? Yeah. Not, yeah. You know, not do just so. Right. I mean, like, you know, people people joke about, like, the like mom's guilt I mean I think we walked that walk for a really really long time we understand mother guilt we understand father guilt (laughs) so but yeah like this is and this is so true like you you learn very quickly how to behave with your family and I think it's really fascinating that there are times when when my siblings and I are together and we're having a moment, how we can regress to our role, whatever that role is. So like if you're the aggressor, you you totally regress into that role of the aggressor or if you're the instigator or if you're the, you know, whatever, you regress into that role, even though in real life you've kind of overcome that and that's not who you are. Um, but then you're kind of like, I don't know. It's like you're playing this balancing act of now we're at a point where we're, you know, we're, we're really like handling stuff for, for our parents. Right. Like your mom, like, well, like we're, I mean, like my sister and I were having a conversation this morning about, um, you know, we work together and yeah. somebody came into the office space and was talking about their elderly parents and how, you know, she's got seven siblings and they kind of take turns. The mom has her own space, like she has her own apartment, but they take turns staying with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said to her joking around, oh, so mom's going to live with you forever because my mom has an apartment downstairs in my sister's <laughs> house now. Yeah. And I kind of said a joking around, but it's kind of the place where we're at in our lives right now. It's like looking forward into, you know, like 20 years down the line, like who's going to take care of mom? Who's going to take care? Yeah. Who's going to live with mom or who's mom going to live with? Yeah. You know, in 20 years, because the other thing that is kind of really big for us, like in our culture is like, we take care of our elderly. Yes. You know, like your, your, your elderly live with you until Mm -hmm. they die. Like, yeah, that's just 
the way it is unless you're in a situation where you just can't take care of them like they're yeah. not feasible yeah you want to take care of them that definitely resonates that's something that my sisters and i have talked about as well who are they gonna you know like who are mom and dad gonna live with and like even like little things like i um i mean it's like it, it's like trivial things like even like oh making sure that their internet connection is correct and oh they sending and, out emails sending out emails phone calls yeah like little things like that like we handle it you know and in it and it's not you know sometimes it's frustrating i'm not gonna lie um <laughs> like especially when your dad is like for the hundredth time my ipad doesn't connect to wi-fi and you're like dude you turned it off that's why <laughs> so you know but nonetheless, it's like, you know, we're evolving into these new roles where we're like taking care of our, like, very, I, I say this very, very lightly right now, because we're not really taking care of them the way they took care of us when we were babies. But we're stepping into this new role. But then there is also like, when we get together with our siblings, we fight in our old roles. <laughs> oh, my God. Goodness gracious. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that because... I feel like I always, I'm always in a fight to not be in this story that they have of me. Yeah, yeah. Like in my family, I'm the angry person. Like, <laughs> Which, by the way, I find story. really crazy. <laughs> I've known you for years. So, I mean, I guess I, I can have a short fuse, right? Yeah. I can have a quick temper. I, I lose my temper on things that maybe most people don't. I don't know. And especially growing up and being the oldest of the four siblings, like, it was very easy to just turn around and snap at them. And, yeah. you know, like my mom, my mom tells this one story and she's told it a, a million and one time <laughs> when I was in my twenties and I wanted to take my two younger siblings apple picking. And I don't remember how old they were exactly, but you know, my Maria must've like been 12 and eight. Yeah. Like somewhere in her teens, like maybe yeah. 13, 14 and, and Manny was probably nine or 10. Yeah. And you know, I said, I said, you know, we're going to go apple picking. And they looked at me like, oh, we don't want to do that. And I just turned around and I said, we're effing going apple picking. Get in the car. So, you know, things like that. <laughs> that's like, that's like their reputation. I mean, but that's like mom level stuff, right? Like. I totally imagine mothers doing stuff like that with their kids. But I think it also goes back to that to role. That role. Like, you yeah. know, are you the sibling? Or like, or the mom? mom. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, it's it's really, really interesting. And then I think about this too, like how quickly we snap into those those places again. Um, you know, it, it's like such a learned reaction. And we just quickly get into that. Like someone looks at you shifty and you're just like, what are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, the, she's looking at me weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what are you really fighting about? And it's nothing, nothing. You're not fighting about anything. And you don't even, like, like there's nothing there. You there's no substance. Say something. Yeah. What, what? What are you saying? What did you say to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like when you're siblings, you know the triggers, right? And you know how to trigger them. So it's just like, I think what's helped me. My siblings definitely know how to annoy me best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all know how to annoy our siblings best, right? We all do. Um, I think that what's helped me over time is, is just realizing that, like, even they are being triggered, right? Like, like even they are, like, dealing with all of their, like, familial family of origin shit drama. <laughs> Like, even they sure. are going through that in their heads right sure. now. My it's sisters and me. I have this conversation all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, the amount of pressure that you take mm -hmm. from 
from family of origin about being a certain way or behaving mm-hmm. a certain way or doing certain things that or being nice you don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, being being nice to your detriment. Yeah, like, yeah, and it's like it it's so harmful because we constantly like tell ourselves or or because we've been told like oh their family so like just be nice or whatever like whatever the story is that you've been told um you you make choice in your youth it's easy to make these choices to be nice and as you get older you start to realize that like it's not it's not hurt it's harming you it's not good for you to say to be that way with them you need some boundaries with certain individuals in your life. I think boundaries boundaries are really hard with family of origin. And I don't know if, I mean, I'm definitely speaking from my personal experience, but boundaries yeah. are hard in brown families. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, boundaries are super hard. Like, <laughs> that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, like, there's not, that's not a thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I think. Saying no to your parents or. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. You know? I think... I I agree with you. I think that it's really, really difficult. I think that this is where negotiation comes into play. And, like, being able to negotiate is going to be really key, right? I think about this. It's just, like, if someone asks me to do something, I know I can't really straight out say no, I was like, sure, I can do this for you tomorrow or like next week. And, you know, they might do the guilt, fine, I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like, if you just like stand your ground, like, hey, look, I'm busy. I'm doing these 20 things today. That's why I can't get to it today. <laughs> like, they'll back off and they'll, they'll accept that you'll do it tomorrow or next week or whatever it is, you know? And I think that it takes a little practice, but negotiation is like your best friend. Yeah. I think I, I need to get better at that. I'm honestly, I, I tend to just ignore the request. Like I'll say, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't ignore it. I just go, okay. Yeah. But never do it. it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that's, kind of what I do which isn't okay either right I actually think that that can that can blow up in your face because then people people can turn around and say to you you're not reliable but in reality you actually are reliable but you're just choosing not to be reliable for specific things so (laughs) yeah yeah I I need to get better at I mean I think it's hard but especially once you get to a certain age you kind of learn that it's okay to say no yeah you know yeah this this weekend we did like a zoom friendsgiving and one of the things that we talked about uh you know for quite some time actually is this concept of like if we keep saying yes to other people we are never saying yes to ourselves So you have to say no to others in order to say yes to yourself. And I stand by this. It's like, you're not saying no to harm the other person. You're not saying no to be a bad kid or a bad son or a bad daughter or whatever. You're saying no because it may be harmful for you to do something or it may be taking you away from something important that you need to take care of, you know, it's okay to have some boundaries. I think that's a hard lesson, though. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's one that comes with time and with age and with practice. Yes. Yes, with practice. More I than think anything that's a, with practice. Yeah, I think it's practice more than anything. Um, learning how to, like, navigate that. I, I think I struggle with the beyond my family of origin like being nice to the extended family and i'm not saying that i have like like, i want to be very very clear it's not that i don't want to be nice to my extended family but like i don't necessarily have to be best friends with everyone in my extended family not everyone is for you not all cousins 
are for you. You come from a very large extended family. Right. It's okay. Yes. (laughs) You don't get along with so-and-so that you rarely see. Like, it's okay that you guys don't have anything in common. (laughs) It's okay that you didn't invite them to your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, my goal is to have a COVID. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just letting everyone know right now. My goal is to have a COVID wedding. That is the goal. Then you better hurry up. I know. I'm trying really hard. (laughs) Uh, uh, This is a super heavy topic. Maybe just for me. I don't know. I think it's like, listen, I think you and I come from very large families from both of our family, like from both mom and dad's side. And we have a lot of cousins we have a lot of aunts and uncles and we and and I think that you and I very similarly love everybody but we're not in everybody's life like we are with our siblings yes and like it's difficult you know it, it's difficult for me to like you know i don't know be best friends <laughs> with someone that's not like my sister or, or, or someone that, you know, like I, we have a lot of connection with. I, it's not that I'm mean to them. I'm very nice. I'm cordial. I say hi to everybody. <laughs> but it's just like we have nothing in common. We have nothing to talk about. I think especially as you get older, because I feel like a lot of my cousins and I, we grew up very close mm-hmm. when we were kids. And yeah. Then, you know, we kind of got older and, you know, went, you, went in different, different directions. Different directions. Exactly. And, the relationship changed exactly and we're not as close as we were when we were younger right or you know we we don't have as much in common as we did when we were kids yeah when you're kids it's so different yep yeah like i i don't not have a relationship with them but i don't consider them close friends right you know Right. Not not like I do my siblings or, you know, some of some of my other cousins that I did kind of grow closer with as we Yes. Grow. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Like, um I'm closer to some cousins than I am to others. And this is not like me picking and choosing. It's just like there's a commonality. There's a shared understanding. There's a shared um you know <laughs> there's a shared group of topics that we can talk about right like I have a cousin that you know she and I we always talk about skincare and makeup and stuff like that then I have another cousin that I talk to like about like social justice stuff you know you know she and I are really into that conversation and it doesn't it doesn't negate the conversations I don't have with others it's just that there's just the commonality here and that's why we're talking family and family of origin I think for me in particular are kind of heavy topics. I think that <laughs> Haiti, I really, I think that this, they're heavy topics for a lot of people. I still am trying to figure out how to navigate a lot of things, especially with my extended family. Um, like how do I, how do I make it okay that I'm not best friends with everyone? It's it's going to be okay. Like I, I get a lot of like pressure to like be nice, just be nice. It's like but I am. Like, like what do you like <laughs> What is the expectation exactly? You know, cuz you can be nice in social settings. It doesn't mean that you, you know, once you go home you have to continue having conversations with these people that you have nothing in common with. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think you know the, the the example that you gave like I don't have to invite everybody to my wedding <laughs> that's like along the same lines like like oh I don't have to attend every function yeah that too yeah like I, I'm that person I feel like people get offended if you you don't go to go to yeah whatever yeah. they invited you to yeah. which you know both both ways I feel like like why why yeah like, yeah why you- time on that why do you spend time getting offended 
if somebody says no to your invitation and why do you spend time getting offended if somebody didn't invite you to their event whatever it was yeah i i don't know but i gotta tell you 2020 has been the best way to like kind of like eliminate that conversation yes. right yes <laughs> yes 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 you yeah sucky as this whole, whole year been as yeah. awful as it has been that you know so many people passed and mm -hmm. so many people were really really ill and so many people have like ongoing issues that we don't even like know a lot about yet yeah so there's still a lot of lights at the end of the tunnel you know? yeah like there's a lot of positivity that came out of it yeah like I've seen so many Facebook posts about weddings mm -hmm. with a handful of people and you know that the people who were at that wedding were the people who truly mattered. Yeah. Like, you know, they yeah. weren't the people who you had to invite because somebody else thought so and you so. invite yep. them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because, you know, they did you a favor because they invited you to their wedding. Yeah, like, exactly. Those were the people who were really meaningful to you, who you needed to have there no matter what. Right. And at the end of the day, who really is that? It's like your immediate family and like your husband's immediate family, right? Like it really, really does narrow down to that. And and I don't mean family like you're like it has to be your parents and your siblings. Like for some people, their family is, you know, their best Close friends. friends. Yeah. yeah, whatever that family definition is for you. Yeah, yeah. but I, yeah, so so to me, like 2020 has been kind of like a lifesaver for that. Um, because I am, I'm a little like, it takes a lot for me to like, you know, go to such and such thing, event. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I have to go there? <laughs> like, Do I have to get dressed? I, <laughs> I, like, I go through this whole thing like, like, oh my God. Oh, then I have to have conversations with people? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, mm. And it's not like, I, I'm not an anxious person. I'm pretty social. You've seen me out and about. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I can handle it. It's just, I, I don't know. There's something about like going to certain and going into certain situations well, i think in family settings especially there's a lot yeah. of pressure there's a lot of like way and yeah you know so, some of the conversations Station. Are, yes like too close for come tell you yeah like yeah, i yeah. even want to tell you about what's happening in my life i'm not going to see you for another five years yes <laughs> yeah like someone else gets married or has a baby or dies yeah, unfortunately, right? But like that's just how it is. Like that this is what this is exactly what I was talking about. Like you like let's say something happens in my life. I'm going to call you. We've been in each other's lives for over 20 years, right? I'm calling you to tell you about it. Um but the you know <laughs> the random first or second or fourth cousin or whatever twice removed yeah. someone like i'm not calling them because i'm not like they that person and i don't have that same bond that you and i do because we've we've like cultivated this relationship it's taken hard work for us to do that and like if i don't have that if we're if that two-way street's not happening over there then like why yeah. <laughs> I talk no, about exactly. that Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you hit the nail right on the head. Like, why would you talk about your life with individuals that yeah, you barely like, why see? Do I even want to tell you what's going on in my life. If the next time I see you, something completely different is going to be happening. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I. <laughs> oh, who are you dating now? You know, oh, this no, guy. I already had three kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, precisely. That guy, uh, no. We stopped dating a long time ago. Yeah, like it, it's like one of those movies where, like, you see each other every ten years, and you have to catch up each other on like what's been going on. Yes. Oh my god. But I, I think this is the, it's so important because you really, even the way you deal with your family saying like oh be nice to someone or like oh just get along or whatever whatever they're saying um how you deal with it and how you just in general deal with problems situations conflict 
Like mm-hmm. how you deal with it, like inside your family unit versus how you deal with it outside. Are you repeating certain behaviors? Like I, mean, I would, you definitely carry a lot of how you handle conflict within your family. You carry that with you. I think you you bring it with you, but depending on how you grow and how you evolve as a person, you have the ability to change it. You have the ability to handle things differently. You have the ability to learn from, you know, the way you handle things within your family of origin or the way that, you know, your parents argued or the way that yeah. if you came from a family that things were never spoken about, like you just kind of shoved everything under the, under the rugs and, you know, things were never discussed. You can evolve and, and handle things differently as an adult. If you came from a family where, you know, every single little thing turned on to a, a shout fest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you can also grow from that and learn to handle things differently. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you on that. I guess I'm curious to know, you mentioned earlier that if someone asks you to do something, you kind of like avoid it. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, if very specifically for if you don't want to do it. And I'm wondering now, um, are you like that, like outside of your family of origin? Um, can be, mm-hmm. I can be, mm-hmm. I feel like I, so here's what happens. I feel like in my brain, I intend to do the thing, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get to it when I'll I get, get to it. it. Yeah. But when I get to it, go so far back in my brain that it just falls out. Yes. I yeah. I think that's like but that's like a hint that you don't want to do it, right? Probably. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. like that's like the your your <laughs> body and your energy kind of like making it happen yeah. that you don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm not gonna do this. Well, I I conveniently really to that. forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, um, I think it's really interesting. I think I handle, I I think I do some similar behaviors, like in certain situations, like I'll like deal with it head on. And then in other situations, I avoid it like the plague, Mm. like literally. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and it has a lot to do with like how comfortable I am in, about the topic or the thing, you know? And um, yeah, so I have been pushing myself this past year. And this is why 2020 has actually been really, really good to me is that I've been able to take this time to like challenge myself a little bit and push myself to do the thing that makes me a little uncomfortable so that I could get out of my comfort zone more and more because that's where the growth happens, right? Like, yep. um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a coach and like, this is literally what I talk to <laughs> with like my teams and clients, <laughs> like go do the uncomfortable thing, <laughs> stretch. And, Change happens outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I've been able to kind of like really push myself in, in that direction. Um, so what, And I, yeah, I think it's fascinating. Like even I I remain pretty calm in like urgent situations. And that's like a learned behavior from when I was younger. Staying really calm. Like it's going to be okay. Figure this out. Like very, very like stoic and calm. And it's really weird. And I I still carry that like many years later. So it's just very great though. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's really great. Um, most people just freak out. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm really useful in an urgent situation, uh, you know? But, um, yeah, like, yeah, I actually, this is a total sidebar. I went out on a date with someone, and it wasn't, it was not an urgent issue, but my car, like, I had a car issue, and he wanted to call 911, and I'm, like, what? I was so calm and i was just like no that's wait not what is 911 going to do for a car issue yeah don't don't ask and 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 i remember just being like <laughs> really really calm and like just being like 
like almost like I was having an outer body experience. It was like super calm. And I was just like, no, you, you can't call 911 for that kind of an issue. You call a local police department and they can help you. Like I was like really calm. And, <laughs> and like, I remember that so vividly. It's like one of those moments where you like, you have this experience and you're just like, what was that? But that's just how I am. Like in, in a state of an emergency, like even like when COVID started becoming, you know, a thing, I, I remember I traveled like in February, I was like really calm about my travel and I had my mask on, I had my wipes and I was like, I'm like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be like, I, like, I was very like, like, bring it on i could handle this <laughs> did we travel around the same time i think so I we like both... maybe we did yeah i traveled I traveled like the first first or second week in february same yeah yeah i think we did travel around the same time i was in california yeah i went to florida yeah i remember yeah 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 anyhow so yeah it's just really interesting how you handle conflict within and outside just like i i think it's really interesting to just even notice that like about myself no that that is really interesting because i i hadn't thought about the fact that i kind of you know put things off if i don't want to do them <laughs> just kind of ignore dismiss you know yeah you're them. gonna have to start noticing that a little bit more <laughs> I, you know what i think it is though i think Part of it is not, it's not so much my willingness to do them. It's mm -hmm. my willingness to say no. Say no. Yeah. Because if I just say no from the get go, like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. You know? And I have to say, like, the, the first few times you say no, it's like, really like, oh my God, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> like, and you're like, oh, like you're like really like hyperventilating or whatever reaction you're having. And, but like the third or fourth time, you're just like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's your job. And you're just like, you're like, I said it and I lived. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Yes, exactly. Like nothing is going to happen to us when we start saying no to the outside world. It's okay to say no so that I, it really does create room in your life to say yes to yourself and like saying yes to everything and everyone outside of you is is another form of self-harm so I, I hadn't thought about it that way yeah it's it's just you know you're not taking care of yourself it's just another way of you know if, if self-care is saying yes to you then you know never saying yes to yourself is self-harm <laughs> Oh my God, I just had an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> we're having <Okay>. epiphanies. <laughs> so, <laughs> remember how we were talking about busy as the new fine? Oh my God, yes. Okay, so I think we are busy because we don't say no enough. I totally agree. I think. Sorry, I was so taking busy. a sip of my margarita. <laughs> Because we don't say no enough. And I think that's I why, you know, there's such a mental illness epidemic. I think that's why there's yep. so many people walking around unhappy with their lives and depressed mm -hmm. and, you know, carrying around all these heavy burdens because mm -hmm. we're saying yes to everyone else and we're not saying yeah. yes to ourselves and we're not saying yes to taking care of ourselves. Yeah. I actually, um, even though this has been a really rough year for um, myself included, um, for so many, and for so many others, um, one of the things that has been truly a blessing for me was when the pandemic first hit, I lost my corporate contract. And so I wasn't working, um, for a few months. And, and then of course, everything was, Haiti and I are in the New York and New Jersey area. So everything was like literally shut down here because it was bleak. Um, I, I, I can't even explain what it was like in the beginning in like March and April, how bleak it was. It was. Yeah. And um, so 
I, you know, even though that time was really, really difficult for me, because I, you know, there was a lot of things happening in my personal life. Um, it, it has been such a blessing because I had to say no to so much, you know, just because we couldn't do things. Mm -hmm. Right. And that gave me the gift of saying yes to myself. Like, oh, wait, like, I, I need to like, take a, I need to take a step for me. Like, I need to take a beat. I need to slow it down for myself. I need to like, take care of me now. I think that's kind of one of the bigger things that this whole time, like, you know, COVID and, and whatever else is going on around us has mm -hmm. kind of brought to a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. I mean, we'll talk about this at another time, but like, I think that the social justice movement got its awareness i mean like i've been on like we've been on this path for quite some time but like it got the notice that it deserved finally because it happened in the backdrop of the pandemic because everybody had stopped yes because you actually had the time to notice what was going on around yeah exactly you had to, you you had to like see that this was happening in the world And it's mm -hmm. not a one-time thing. It, it's yep. happening all the time. So. For sure. So, yeah. So, I, you know, you have to say yes to yourself. That That's the lesson. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, like, with that said, like, you have to say yes to yourself and let your freak flag fly. Like. Yeah, it's okay to just be who you are. Who cares? <laughs> like. <laughs> Just be you. I, I I mean I think if you're not if you're not going around harming other people, just do it. Yeah. 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 Just be. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. As long as you're not harming any your anyone or yourself. Just be who you are. So did you finish your margarita? No, I didn't. Did you? <laughs> I have a little bit left. I have a little I'm bit like left too. Three I'm quarters half... of the way down. Yeah, I have like I, I I would say like a half of like it's really narrow down here, so that that's all I have left. I have mine in a margarita glass, <laughs> very fancy <laughs> margarita glass. I like mason jars because you know they hold a lot. There was a time I think maybe almost ten years ago where you and I. Oh my god, that giant birthday <laughs> margarita. margarita! Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, I, yes. Do you remember? Oh my we god! We can tell the rest of that story because we no. probably would go to jail. No, we wouldn't go to jail. <laughs> it wasn't that serious. But we did something really wild. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. we'll save that one for another time. Yeah, we'll save that for another time. And maybe I, I think I would have to have two margaritas in me to tell you that story. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Or a really giant one. Again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well. I think that's a wrap. What do you say? I think so, too. Yep. All right. Well, till next time, guys and ladies, guys and dolls. Guys and gals. gals guys and gals. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying really, like, this is one thing that I'm really trying to take guys out of my vernacular and make it, um, you know. It's so common, though. Yes, It's I so know. hard. It is hard, but I've been good about it. Um, I catch myself. That, that's the that's where the new neural pathways are being created <laughs> yeah yeah so thanks All everyone right. for listening and talk soon thanks for joining us this week on boozy brunch we're your hosts barthy and haiti be sure to check us out on instagram and join us again next week for another boozy brunch what should we drink next week